I would like to acknowledge the Gurungai people and pay my respects to the elders both past and present. The Gurungai people are the traditional owners of this land where we meet today and are part of the oldest surviving continuous culture in the world. Welcome to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. The host, Karen Sander, is on a mission to provide listeners with a unique podcast experience that inspires and entertains, offering insights and perspectives that may positively influence their lives. On this platform, Karen has the privilege of interviewing individuals from all walks of life, each with their own powerful and inspiring stories you won't find anywhere else. The guests open their hearts and minds to share their life experiences, and in doing so, they celebrate the remarkable impact of real tales, genuine connections, and authentic individuals. Listeners are invited to join Karen on this journey as she explores the untold stories that can truly make a difference in their lives. At the Sharing Stories, Changing Lives podcast, they wholeheartedly believe in the transformative magic of storytelling. To learn more, they can visit www.thestoryroom.au and explore their private membership area, the Backstage Pass. Welcome to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. Have you ever wondered about the power of dreams? Do you believe that by dreaming, you can bring things to fruition? Our guest today is here to share how remarkable things can happen if you dare to dream. I'm Karen Sander, your host for today, and I have an inspiring guest, Dr. Florence Cattell, who is a neuroscientist. She'll share how daring to dream has changed her life. Hello, Florence. How are you today? And thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me, Karen. I'm very excited to talk about dreams. You and I have shared talking about dreams before on the live show that I do. But look, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I guess I will start with the beginning. And that is, I was an eight-year-old child in Paris. I am French and I was born in Paris, who had this crazy dream to understand how the brain works and in order to be able to help people with their mental health. And I come from an underprivileged family. I grew up in public housing. My parents didn't work. My father never went to school. My mother dropped out from high school. So it was quite an elusive dream as a child, but it has been the dream of my life. And I graduated from the PhD from my dream university, Sorbonne University in Paris. And I've been onto my journey helping people with their mental health for, well, four decades for now. And I know you're very, very passionate about um, mental health. And in today's day and age, mental health is, it's not hidden in the closet like it used to be. When I was younger, which is a few years ago, (laughs) it was something that you kept in the closet, so to speak. Absolutely. And it's very important now that we're opening up and that we are understanding that it's not that people are doing anything wrong. It's not that there is a problem with themselves. Health, 
means going through lows and through highs and most importantly, being able to recover. And so we really have to stop putting a stigma on people when they are in a low and just accept that it's going to take a bit of time to come back, but help them coming back. And talking about it is really important in enabling this comeback to much better states. Can you tell us a little bit about Daring to Dream? Absolutely. I am hoping to talk a lot more about Daring to Dream. (laughs) Um, Good. What I work on at the moment is the prevention of burnout. And one of the things that we really don't talk about enough is this importance of feeling that we progress towards something that we care about. In essence, dreaming and pursuing our dreams. So daring to dream really has a profound benefit on our mental health. If you'd said to someone decades ago, look, you know, dream about something um, and it'll happen, it'll come true. Well, I guess for sports stars, that is what they do. They see their, their they visualise, I suppose that's another way of putting it, visualising what, um, what they they want, the outcome that they want. But daring to dream sometimes can be very scary for all of us. So can you reveal a challenge or an obstacle you faced in your current career and how you are tackling this? Well, as you said, um, I'm a neuroscientist and I have worked for prestigious universities in France, in Denmark and in Australia. But at some point in my career, I decided to move away from that in order to pursue my big dream, just going a different track, but sticking with my really big goal. And at the moment, I am developing a small business as a speaker and a consultant. This really requires that I dare to dream this. There are plenty of challenges that come my way. The first one that comes to my mind now is really just the financial challenge. Because when you work, Mm. when you're an employee of an entity, you know exactly the amount of money that's going to drop on your bank account every week, every fortnight or every month. When you're Mm. an entrepreneur... You should definitely not think in terms of weeks. You should not think in terms of months. You should think in terms of maybe trimesters, quarters, um, years. And you need to accept and take into consideration uncertainty. And that is a real big mental challenge. Um, Another thing that has been challenging and is still challenging for me is really to be able to adapt to everything that comes my way, sticking to my very big final goal, my dream of helping people with their mental health through neuroscience, but designing kind of new path, new tracks, finding new ways of reaching the same goals. You know, we say that all the tracks lead to Rome. Well, sometimes I have to design to to, to pave a new track so that I can reach my Rome. And that's definitely challenges that I face on a daily basis. But realizing something that you deeply care about is worth every bit of it. And daring to dream about this, you know, yes, the challenge of being an entrepreneur when you don't really know where the dollars are going, you've still got to put food on the table and either pay a mortgage or rent and keep life going. That could be a really, really tough thing. 
um, and holding that dream in your mind, is that what helps you to keep going? Absolutely. When I find that it's really difficult to find energy, to keep hope, to, to, to take my own hand, to lift me up from the ground when I'm in a really bad mood, then I imagine what my life would be like if I wasn't pursuing what I care about. Mm. That's not the life I want. And I'm immediately back on track. Yeah, that's a very important thing you said because it's always easy. Well, taking the other option can be much easier, but then you're giving way to the dream, the, the thing that you're most passionate about. Absolutely. But to be able to do that, it really requires to know what your end goal is, what you fight for, what gives you energy, what resonates with you, what matters for you. In that sense, I will say that I am lucky that this came to me very young, but um, everybody can reach that. Sometimes you just need to be a bit more active in digging inside you to find what your end goal is. In your opinion or, or your expertise, what is a misconception or a misunderstanding people have about daring to dream? I would say it's the definition of a dream itself. People imagine that a dream is something that is huge. It's climbing Mount Everest. It's running all over the world. It's, it's building an NGO that's going to help millions and millions of people. A dream or something that you care about can be anything. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't mm. have to be small. It doesn't have to be anything else, but something that resonates with you. And I think that is the biggest misconception. In my vocabulary, a dream, when I call something a dream, it means that this is something that I will realize in my life. That's a really important um definition to me of what is a dream. A dream doesn't have to be the giant conquering of the world. It can just be that little thing that you want to do. And am I right in saying, Florence, that sometimes the smaller dreams lead eventually to the bigger dream coming true? Absolutely. If you have a really big dream in mind, I would actually discourage you from tackling the big one first. Just get some yourself some kind of training on smaller ones. Create some steps, create some milestones. If I just take my own story, when I was eight years old, I was not going to go and uh, register to a university to get a PhD degree <laughs> straight away. That seems really obvious, but that applies for any kind of dream. There was lots of steps on my way to my dream degree, my dream research. And um, it's the same for any kind of dream. Yeah. And I think, you know, taking it back to even childhood and kids and you say to them, what do you want to be? And some of them will say, well, girls, especially, I want to be a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. And, you know, probably only a very small percentage ever realise that dream of becoming a hairdresser. They move on over time and your dreams can change. Absolutely. And it's really important to just accept that and regularly assess what resonates with you. 
it can be quite easy sometimes to get really excited when you're facing someone who is truly passionate about something. When you see them really having deep emotions, a lot of joy out of achieving something, you really want to do the same. It happens a lot when we watch sport on TV. Who does not want to play soccer uh, <laughs> since uh, this year and, and, and the wonderful uh, adventures of the Matildas in Australia? And it, you have to just make sure that it resonates with who you are and not just with that specific emotions that you feel at that very limited moment in time. And also not allowing uh, yourself to get caught up in a dream that might be someone else's dream for you. Yes. I think that's... That's a tough one. Yeah, it is. But sometimes people take on giving, offering you a dream and or you see that someone's doing this and you should do that. And so to me, I want to say it's about staying in your own lane mm-hmm. and staying focused on your own dream. I couldn't agree with you more. Florence, you love your bicycle. I think you love your bicycle more than you love humans. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> what adventures have you and your bicycle been on together that have made a lasting impact on your life and, and why? I have been on a few um, cycling adventures and I have two bicycles and both of them have a name. <laughs> Ooh. So it's true, They we are very close. They actually live with me. <laughs> and what are their names? Um, Jube Rider and Jube Racer. This is a long story connected to my very best friend uh, back in France. Um, but I... Th- and just to share the adventures that I've been on to with both of them, one Jeep Racer is a road bicycle, and we've done a few triathlons uh, together. We've commuted in a lot of cities, um, and we completed uh, two Ironman. So it's long-distance triathlons. I did a half Ironman, and I did a full Ironman on this bicycle that is a second-hand, um, nothing very fancy bicycle but uh, when you push on a pedal you can still go far the second bicycle that I have is a touring bicycle um, Jube Rider and this one is one that I built about a decade ago and together we went on probably what people would describe as the craziest adventure of my life we cycled from Quito, the capital of Ecuador that is on the line of the equator in South America down to the very south of the cone of South America in Ushuaia, in Argentina. It's actually the most southern point of the continent. So that was about 12,000 kilometers of cycling through the Andes, through deserts, valleys, heat, rain, snow at some point, (laughs) at sea level and at high altitude. So that was a, a big adventure. But to be really honest... This wasn't the most defining adventure, cycling adventure in my life. When I was 25 years old, I moved from Paris to Copenhagen in Denmark. And as many people would imagine, Copenhagen is a city where there are lots of bicycles. People really only commute by bicycle. Danes are kind of born with bicycles between their legs. (laughs) I was 25. I did not know how to ride a bicycle. I had never tried. Uh, and, and actually, 
this is not innate. You are not born with balance on two wheels. And mm. because I wanted to have friends, <laughs> I very quickly understood that if I wanted to have a social life, I needed to be able to ride a bicycle to stick with people. So I was very self-aware that this was not the usual, not to be able to ride a bicycle. And I taught myself at night hiding. I used a rental city bike from Copenhagen at the time. You could um, take those bicycles, just like you take a trolley in a supermarket, just with a little coin. You added the coin, took, <laughs> unlocked the bicycle, and I was pushing it to my place at night, locking it there. And at about midnight, when really everybody is asleep in Copenhagen, I would just try to teach myself. This took a long time. And... Cycling through mountains, peaks, deserts was nothing compared to having this dream that I could learn to develop balance on two wheels, that I could be one of those people sitting on a bicycle without falling. And this has been for me a truly defining moment in my life because it showed me that what I can do is not defined what I know today. It's only well, defined by what I'm motivated by. Well, look, at 25 to learn to ride a bike, um, in this country, many of us learn to ride a bike when we're really young children. I mean, I think I was riding a bike by the time I was about five, a two-wheeler mm. bike, and we used to ride everywhere until I got my horses and then I decided I'd rather ride them. But, like, I love riding a bike and the freedom of being on a bike, tearing down a mountain, um, which I have done, or down a hill, just a little hill, just going fast. Um, so I admire you at 25 for really giving it a go because it's a completely different skill of balance. It is, and it is extremely scary because you're old enough to know how painful it is to fall and how likely it is that you will fall. And I would say you need to fall to, to develop balance. I had to accept to be hurt. You never get very hurt but and, and you heal very quickly, but you have to accept to go through that and you have to believe that it's possible for you too to learn. That's amazing. But if you could give some practical advice to the people listening today who are daring to dream, what would that advice be? I think the very first advice that I give is about, I said, the definition of the dream, because I do meet a lot of people who tell me, but I have no dream. There's nothing that completely excites me. There's nothing that I'm completely passionate about. I'd love to realize dreams, but if I don't have any, how, how do I start? If you, if you feel that way, it's about exploring. It's not about giving up and thinking, oh, I have no dreams, that's too late. It's about exploring. There, the more you explore, the higher the chances of encountering something that resonates with you. And when you have that, and really when you feel that, that's quite clear, and you have that for more than just one day or a week, then just make any action towards it. 
don't、mm. wait. <laughs> and that can be a very, very small action, but just build momentum because that's with momentum that you'll just be able to put one foot in front of the other and you'll be on your track. That's really good advice. And it's a bit, little bit like you putting the coin. In the machine to get the bike. That was your little bit of momentum and wheeling the bike home. Absolutely. It's exactly this. The hardest in all was probably just to leave my flat and walk to this area where there were bicycles, because that's the time where I committed. And committing、yeah. is the toughest. In a world today where we're bombarded with information all the time via social media, for example, where we often see only the curated positive highlights of everyone's life, this can lead to unrealistic comparisons and a sense of inadequacy and perhaps stop us from dreaming and thinking we're not good enough. What guidance or advice, Florence, can you share to help people navigate these challenges and maintain a healthy perspective on their own lives? It's a very good point. It is becoming really difficult to see all these amazing profiles on social media and, and just what they show us of their fantastic lives.、Um, Because of that, I think it's really important to be able just to stick with what resonates with you. Somebody, I run a lot, and I meet a lot of people who tell me, Oh, I would love to run marathons like you do. And then I always say, But do, do you like running? Oh, no, no, I hate running, but I, I'd love to run marathons. And <laughs> no, I don't think you would. If you hate running, you're going to hate running 42 kilometers straight up. It's、yeah. really about connecting with what resonates with you, because what you're after is the sensation of achieving something you care about. That is an amazing feeling. Achieving something that other people care about will never make you happy. Do you think that、uh, people? Suffer a lot of FOMO looking, you know, the fear of missing out by looking at other people's social media and going, oh, you know, I wish I could do that or I wish I could be part of it. Yes, you're very right. I think this happens every day. And what we should do about it is instead of fearing, instead of thinking, just act on what resonates with you.、Mm. I think that's a really important thing. And It's so easy to get caught up on people's stories in social media, but they don't ever show the really terrible, terrible stuff, do they? They, go, they focus on all the good in their life. Yes, absolutely. There, there is this new trend now that people try to show、um, a bit more of their struggles, of their training, their preparation, but. It's important to have in mind that it is always filtered, that it is always what they choose to show us. And it's never a true reflection of life. I'm, I'm sure we're all guilty that we look at the photos that we post first. And if they're not photos we like of each other, they go in the recycle <laughs> bin and not up on social media for everyone to see. You know, it, it is a false sense of our lives. That's true. And、um, 
just to bounce back on the cycling adventures that I've done. Last year, I cycled from Darwin to Adelaide. This was a campaign called One Dream Down to inspire your people to realize their dreams, to dare to dream. And I made kind of a contract with myself before leaving that included accepting to show everything on social media, accepting not to filter according to how I thought I looked. So there are lots of videos of me um, really looking tired, being quite disgusting with a lot of sunscreen, mosquito repellent, dust, sweat on my face, on my body, not the right angle, because when there's a lot of wind, you actually do not decide how you can hold the selfie stick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I just accepted not to think of how I was representing myself, but to try to just think of what I wanted to share and post as quickly as I could so that there would be no time for me to overthink or regret (laughs) or filter. So you weren't sugarcoating that adventure? No. But as I said before, I was, like everyone else, still selecting what I was sharing, not selecting in a way of what would make me look good or bad, but more in what I thought people may be interested in. And sometimes you can be wrong in that. Yeah, for sure. Look, one of the things that you uh, shared at the Story Room live event was your trip in Bolivia Mm -hmm. and being lost in the desert. Can you just share a couple of the insights into that and, uh, you know, a couple of little snippets of what happened in Bolivia when you were riding your bike? Yeah. So this was part of this long trip that I did in South America, this 12,000 kilometer trip. And um, at some point, it took me through the Bolivian desert, which is an altitude desert. It's really an inhabited place. Hardly anyone goes there. Only a few locals go there driving tourists by Jeep. So there are no proper roads. There's some tracks and there's some tracks on dirt and there's some tracks in deep sand so it can also be quite challenging just to cycle often I had to push the bicycle but most importantly I wasn't carrying any electrical device meaning I didn't have any GPS I was with my the person I was my partner at the time and we thought that with a compass and a map we'd be able to find our way through the desert turned out the compass was useless because there was a lot of lithium in the ground of Bolivia and this completely confuses the compass. And our map included um, way fewer of the reference points that we were using from our landscape to understand our location. So after three days of what was supposed to be a nine-day trip through the desert, we realized we were entirely lost. There was no more tracks. We had no idea where we were on the map. We didn't know what to do. Reverting wasn't really um, an option because we knew we would not be able to figure out how to get back to where we came from. Um, And we just didn't know what to do. But we had a very clear goal. We were heading to the most southern point of the continent. And that showed us the way. 
We used the sun to guide us to find the south, and we just followed it. It took 11 days instead of nine days to cross and come out of the desert. But when I reached a road with asphalt, I just kissed the ground because we made it safe. And the big lesson that I got from that is that if you have a dream, it can show you the way out of any desert. And we all go through deserts, everybody. It, not necessarily the one with, with deep sand and, and dunes and, and, and like drought, but mental places where we feel we're lost, they, they are deserts. And if oh, you have yes. a dream, if you have a goal, that will show you the way out of it. And that's a great message. And people are able to go and, and see that full story at the backstage, my private members area. But Florence, before we go, um, what is on the horizons for you in your journey of Dare to Dream? A few things. So um, I will talk about the professional one and the sport one. Uh, professionally, mm. really daring to dream for me at the moment is helping, connecting with as many people as possible to help stop the progression of burnout. And my big neuroscience dream is really to identify the neuronal circuitry that triggers burnout and all the changes that occur in the brain in people that suffer from severe burnout. So I'm still on the on the pass of the dream of my eight-year-old self. That's the professional side. On the sports side, um, I have a new dream. It's Ooh. called UTMB, Ultra Trial Mont Blanc. I've done a lot of long-distance cycling, and now I would love to do a lot of long-distance running. And this is um, a race that is kind of close to my heart because it's in France, where I come from. It's 170 kilometers around Mont Blanc, and, which is the highest summit in Europe. And um, it's, a, it's a journey of endurance and it's, I believe, an inner journey. And that's something that I am now committed to. And I'm giving myself a decade to train, um, hit a few milestones on the way and, and hopefully cross that finish line. So how long for that dream? Did you say a decade? Yes, absolutely a decade for me. I, okay. I put priorities on things. And at the moment, professionally, I use a lot of my time to develop more research and neuroscience on burnout and more talks uh, to help people out. So um, there's also a long journey from running marathons, which is roughly my regular standard running distance, to, <laughs> to running 170 kilometers with a lot of elevation gain. And um, you need to qualify and to be picked up in a draw for that race that I'm dreaming of. So I know that it will probably take a few years before I can actually get a ticket for it. So that's, that's why I have an end goal decided, but I'm flexible. That's amazing that, you know, that's just such a huge journey. And, um, well, daring to dream for you, it comes almost naturally. No, you actually know how to dare to dream and to follow your dreams. And um, can I, one more quick question. Does your uh, research for burnout, is this uh, another PhD for you? Uh, no, because um, 
I have a higher level than a PhD student, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it would not be shaped as a PhD, but as scientific international publications. Yes, I hope so. Ah, oh, well, congratulations on that. And actually daring to dream to do it. I know you have big dreams and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I feel so blessed that I've met you and I'm learning so much from you and you're keeping me positive and you're keeping me on track. So I hope you can help the listeners with that. I hope so as well. Well, we're so lucky today to have Dr. Florence Cattell here to shed some light on the theme of Daring to Dream. I hope this conversation has inspired you to step out of your comfort zone and embrace the power of your own dreams. It's a wonderful tool to have in your toolkit to bring your dreams to life. So thank you, Florence, again for joining us and sharing your insights. Your story is truly remarkable and enlightening. Thank you very much, Karen. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories. And remember, never stop dreaming. Until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. We understand that sharing stories is an awe-inspiring way to connect with others and make a positive impact on people's lives. If you're interested in getting more involved in our community and connecting with people who share your interests, we'd like to invite you to support us by purchasing a backstage pass. You can do this by visiting our website at www.thestoryroom.au. It's affordable, costing about the same as two cups of coffee each month. With the Backstage Pass, you'll gain access to workshops and exclusive content, including videos from our live events. We firmly believe in the incredible power of storytelling. And with your support, we can continue to show that sharing stories changes lives. Don't miss out on this transformative experience. Come with us on this incredible storytelling adventure. 